to the Hotter Than Health podcast, a plant-dominant podcast for those looking to expand and elevate their lives. Each week, we will bring you provocative conversations and topics, entertaining interviews, and some of the biggest names in health and wellness to answer your burning questions. You will leave each episode with tangible tips and takeaways and understand what it truly means to live an energized and optimized life. If you've listened to this podcast for any extended period of time, you know that I've got something new for you. I have been working with Organifi for almost two years now, and you know that I have loved their protein. I use it in my coffee, in my oatmeal, in my chia seed pudding. I drink it with water plain, in my smoothies, whatever. But let me put you on something else. You know that I love to ensure that I'm not getting extremely stressed out. I know that if I drink coffee on an empty stomach in the morning, even if I've had my water, even if I've meditated, whatever, if I drink plain coffee with nothing else in it except for my creamer, then I know that I'm getting those jitters and that is not what I want. So I have been doing a little bit of protein in my coffee in the morning. But what I do recognize is that sometimes the protein doesn't always mix in perfectly, especially if I reheat it in the microwave a couple of times because I like my coffee piping hot. So what I have been doing is recommending the collagen. Organifi just came out with a risk-free money-back trial guaranteed for the Organifi collagen. So the great thing about this collagen is that there are actually five different types of collagen, four sources, and it's glyphosate residue free. So this supports skin, hair, nails, it might help to support collagen production in your skin based on the essential amino acids that are in it, nails, hair, all of that good stuff. But also personally, I choose to consume this in my coffee in the morning because it mixes well and it provides a little bit of protein with the coffee without any extreme amounts of calories or fats or crazy things in there or extreme ingredients. Let me also say this is not a vegan supplement. The collagen is not a vegan supplement, but it does have bovine hide, collagen peptides, hydrolyzed fish collagen peptides, bone broth, and a protein concentrate, but it does not have any flavor. That is what I love about it. I mix it in. I'll do half a scoop. It's optimal for gut health, metabolism, cardiovascular health, autoimmune or immune system strength and support. So you can mix it into your coffee blend it into your yogurt, into your smoothie, and you cannot go wrong. And I really do love that it has no flavor. And a lot of the times these things have added BS ingredients to add flavor, not this. So you can go to Organifi.com backslash HTH for 20% off of this new product. Again, that is the Organifi collagen with five different types of collagen to support muscle growth, hair, skin, nails, balance your blood sugar. Don't have the coffee jitters just like me. You will love it. Again, that is Organifi.com backslash HTH for 20% off of your first purchase. I hope you enjoy just like I do. Welcome back. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Hotter Than Health, health and wellness podcast. We are doing another solo episode this week, focusing on the topic of fat loss versus weight loss. And we'll get into that in just a minute because I have been really thinking a lot about hearing people talk about 
how they're trying to change their body before bikini season or they'll go on an extended fast or they're doing a detox or they're trying to gain muscle or there's all these feelings of oh well I'd love to lift weights and like look like these girls that I see on Instagram but they I don't want to get bulky and I'm scared I'm going to get bulky or every time I lift weights I feel like I'm bulking and I'm swollen. We're going to get into all of that today and debunk some myths, also provide a bit of context behind what is actually happening in our bodies and what the pros and cons are. This is not to say that you need to be doing any certain thing. This is really just to arm you with the information that could be helpful if you decide to go down one route or the other, or even if you are observing changes in your body and you want to understand them a little bit better. There are so many times when we consider getting into a more regimented workout routine or we are interested in eating a bit healthier or we have a certain goal whether we're trying to put on muscle we're trying to fit into a certain dress or whatever it is and going through the proper motions of doing it in a healthy way this is this is not a recommendation this is not me saying that one size is better than the other this is not saying anything other than just arming you with some facts and data about what's going on in your body at certain times and because of certain protocols. And here's here's where this is really stemming from is I'll let let you in on a little something right here. I've been talking about this on the podcast and I'm not I'm positive that if you have listened for any extended period of time, you have picked up on different transitions. This podcast has been going on for nearly seven years. Six years. If there wasn't some variation in my nutrition, fitness, goals, the way that I'm moving and consuming fuel, if there was zero fluctuation or change or adaptation, then what are we doing here? (laughs) I, I, I do not plan on staying the exact same my entire life. If I was, then I would still be eating buttered noodles and scared of pepper flakes the same way I was when I was six years old. It's it's not the same now. It's not the same then. It won't be the same in five years from now. Who knows? Maybe I'll be on a full keto, a full keto carnivore diet in five years. Doubt it, but. What I'm saying is that there's always going to be evolution. So if you're listening to this podcast and thinking, oh, well, she's only plant dominant, she's vegan, XYZ, that's not the case anymore. Do what works for you. But evolution comes when you listen to your body. And if you continuously come into roadblocks, then it's time to it's time to reroute. It's time to take some other other avenue to get to your goal. And and get, I'll give you an example of that. For the past, I don't know. Okay, let's start over. When I first moved to Charleston, or I even first started weightlifting, let's start there. Uh, I don't know, eight years ago, nine, really it was in college. So over 10 plus years ago, 12 but it was, you know, it was more cardio. It was more hit. It was also, you know, binge drinking and then like stuffing my face with Jimmy John's and it was lack of sleep and anxiety, whatever. And then as I got progressively more into structured weightlifting and still doing hit, but incorporating heavier weights, 
focusing more on form and really getting into more of like the personal training side of things and the fit anyways getting more into that that's when nutrition really started to evolve I still I was focusing more on protein so at that point I was eating a bit of meat I think that was seven or eight years ago when I moved to Charleston I went cold turkey and I was all plant-based like fully plant-based vegan wouldn't touch cheese wouldn't sniff it wouldn't look at it barely did gluten I was almost orthorexic to the point where it I don't want to use that word lightly but it was obsessive which again I think that I'm one of those people that has to go through a lot of extremes to figure out what works some people aren't like that some people are more intuitive but I think that in order to fine-tune my intuition I had to go through all of those different fluctuations and I've I've spoken about this extensively about my experience with my fitness pal and counting macros and counting calories which I do think it's important to understand what 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 you're consuming when you have fat what is it doing for your body how many calories just so that you understand I think coming from someone who is interested in nutrition and interested in how body composition can change and our entire lifestyle can change, health, inflammation can be affected by what we're eating. That's something that interests me. But during the phase in my life when I was obsessively counting calories, it, it, it fucked with my head too much and it made me extremely cautious of over consuming which led to binge eating tendencies, which, but also that was during a period of time when I was going through extreme amounts of grief and trying to figure out life and coping and just really in a low point, all of those things accumulated to equal obsessive eating (laughs) or obsessive calorie counting. And I have had a lot of women listen to this podcast and say they have gone through the exact same thing. So if that is you, or if you're in that space right now, don't put pressure on yourself to change everything immediately. Just observe what is going on. Why do we feel the need to have this control? Are you educating yourself or are you obsessing? You know, just observe your own habits and if they're making you happy, great. But if you think that there is a more sustainable way to do things, then consider those options or reach out or, or talk to a friend or a professional. But I, I did start to realize, okay, higher protein, I am starting to see more definition in the gym. And I was getting at one point, at that point, I was getting very lean definition. And I'm still, I would still consider myself a lean athletic person, but it was to an extreme. I would get on the in-body machine and granted those, those are all fucked up. Let's not take every in-body scale or in-body scale is basically something you step on and it sends currents up your body to understand what is going on inside and it tracks your body composition, body fat, BMI, weight, all that stuff. Intercellular, like uh, your water levels and visceral fat, but it's not perfect. And a lot of it is, a lot of it is a game (laughs) and a lot of it is gyms trying to charge people for numbers that they really cannot prove are accurate. It's like an Apple Watch. If you go by that based on the Bible, that's you're off. It's off. It's off. It's just what it is. They're not perfect numbers. They fluctuate, they change. So don't take those with too much uh take that with a grain of salt. But I'd get on the in-body machine and I would I would have <sighs> 
bodybuilders at the, when they're trying to get like a low body fat percentage they'll pull on their skin and they have really really thin skin so essentially you know the th- the skin on your wrist like un- on the under- underside of your wrist or even on your hand you'll notice is much thinner you can pull it and it's like almost papery how thin it is or ish compared to other parts of your body that's because there's you know there's low amounts of fat in your hand or your foot something like that and then maybe you squeeze your bicep or your arm or your lower belly and those pieces of skin are thicker it's it's the way it is so you would look at your bodybuilders will look at their skin and be like oh thin skin means low body fat percentage and typically men are really much lower in body pers- easier for men to get lower body fat percentage because for women we don't want to have an extremely low body fat percentage that will fuck with hormones that will fuck with sleep hair everything and it's not what we want it will mess up your cycles that's a whole nother conversation but I was, I, you know, I was, I had thin skin. I was, I was, I was lean. You could see abs. I had glutes. I, I had what I thought was my ideal body in that moment, but I didn't know myself and I didn't understand. And looking back, I'll look back at pictures and be like, oh damn, so lean. Let's get back to that. But I also think about the mindset that I was in during that period of time. And there's no amount of money there's no amount of success. There's no amount of attention that I could get that would make me go back to that. It was a very low point in my life where control is what I needed. I was emotionally numb, completely disassociated from reality and emotions for upwards of three or four years. And that's a whole nother story, but there's no fucking way I want to go back there. So what I'm looking at now in my life and that was on a predominantly plant dominant diet, but I was having some some seafood sometimes. But it would it's gotten to a point where my goal is strength and confidence and consistency because I notice that it's not necessarily about the gains or the butt or the you know, like the shoulder definition. It's not necessarily about the physical changes that would I say is what I would call a side effect of how I really what I really want which is the feeling that I get every morning after I know I've accomplished a workout this is going to look different at different periods of my cycle if I need more sleep I'm going to take more sleep if I need a rest day I'm going to take a rest day if I need to just take a long walk I'll do that but if I can still get up and go to the gym and just walk whatever that's fine or if I'll go really slow or maybe I will set a goal for myself and I won't hit it those weights feel way too heavy today and I'm just I'm in a low point in my cycle it's just not going to happen or if I'm going on vacation I'm not going to put so much stress on myself to work out but I will get some daily movement in the feeling that I get after a workout in the morning and I'm a morning workout person some people are not but if you can become a morning workout person and begin your day like that, there is something about the way that you carry yourself and the way that people respect you. It breeds a certain feeling of confidence, of, of personal mastery that is un, unlike anything else. And it doesn't come from ego it, or, or, or extreme pride. It really comes from knowing that you have done something for yourself that gives you a competitive edge in life. There is a feeling of motivation that you get after the gym that makes you want to 
not have this extreme adrenaline throughout the day. That's, I used to think that that's what motivation was, was adrenaline before a workout class based on music and ego. But this is you against you, you setting a goal for yourself and, and just understanding that the discipline of showing up each morning makes you a more, and, and again, this for me, it's the gym, it's weights, it's sprints, it's stretching, it's sometimes yoga, it's sometimes hit, it's a, it's a variety of different things. But for me, that's what that looks like for you. It might be yoga and walking and cycling, but I do encourage everyone to get some form of resistance training in just for bone density and muscle and metabolism health. But again, that's an, we have other podcasts on that. You can go back to the hit and weightlifting episodes that we have. The feeling you will achieve after having a morning workout before your day begins, and I don't mean then starting your day at noon. I mean, I mean getting up at six, having a bit of mindfulness in the morning, not getting straight to your phone. You don't have to be completely bleary eyed, but you know, have about 45 minutes to get to the gym by seven, bring a bag, work out for 40 minutes, 30, 40 minutes, whatever, shower, drive to work from there. Again, I understand and I recognize that I do not have children right now. (laughs) I, I, I would love that, but I, I don't have children right now, so I understand that my mornings are different. But when you can, whether that is in your home gym, whether that is getting up 30 minutes extra early to do what you need to do at certain times of your cycle where your body is able to ebb and flow a little bit more. Right now, I'm in a phase of my cycle where I'm feeling alive, alert, I can push myself, but in a week and a half, I'm, I might take it a little easier, lighter weights, um, just more mindful movement. I'm not trying to like push myself, but I I will consistently go to the gym. I will show up, but the workouts might look different. And that is where the the confidence comes from. Anyways, y'all didn't, (laughs) you did not hear, you didn't come here to listen to Tony Robbins. But what I do want to talk about is the difference between weight loss and fat loss. We had an episode a couple of weeks ago about Ozempic and how you will lose weight from this diabetes drug. It also has um, like screen names like semaglutide. There's one that even Elon Musk mentioned. Someone mentioned, oh, you lost all this weight, blah, blah, blah. And he plugged the form of semaglutide or uh, weight loss drug that he was using, diabetes drug that he was using to lose weight. He's like, trust me, this is not real life. And here's here's something to consider. When you are losing weight, you are considering the number on the scale. The number on the scale often relates to water weight, muscle, fat, bones. It's it's essentially your fat mass and what's called your lean body mass. It's everything put together. If you go to bed at, again, we're just keeping simple numbers. I don't expect anyone to be 100 pounds. This is just for simple math. You go to bed and you're 100 pounds, which means when you wake up in the morning, like that's after a full day of eating, drinking normal square meals and fueling yourself properly, pooping, whatever you have, let's say, eight hours of sleep, 
And before you have any water in the morning, you weigh yourself, you could be you could be 95 pounds. You could easily lose five pounds. I mean, again, this is these are just general numbers. You can lose weight simply by dehydrating yourself, by fasting for a certain period of time, not consuming anything for a certain period of time. What I mean is that it's it's much easier to lose weight than it is to strategically try to lose fat. Now, I posted a question on my Instagram this morning. Hopefully some of you saw it. If you didn't, it's all good. But I posted a story on my Instagram talking about fat loss versus weight loss. And someone was like, someone mentioned fat is more important than weight, right? Fat has to be the largest contributor for fat must be the largest contributor for weight gain. In fact, it is not. It is not. Fat is not the biggest part of weight gain. At my least lean, and I I don't want to say at my biggest because it wasn't my biggest, but it was at a time when I wasn't, you know, I was doing mostly cardio. I was drinking alcohol. I wasn't sleeping that well, and I would do some hit. I was at my quote-unquote lightest on the scale, which historically we would get on the scale and think, oh my gosh, this is amazing, losing weight, but I would look at myself and I still would not feel as confident in my body. When I started training regularly, incorporating a bit more protein into my diet and I started to actually see muscle definition as as in I could see like my quads I could see my glutes were starting to increase in size but my my waist was getting slightly smaller and I would notice different body composition changes at that point in time the scale read about six pounds heavier the dysmorphia in my mind that told me that I was gaining weight and that it was a negative thing and oh my gosh reel it in sister the the voice inside my head and this is to be completely transparent like I've always been a lean person my family genetics are like that I was raised in a family that really did prioritize home-cooked meals and eating out was a luxury and like we, we really couldn't even afford to go out to eat really that much. So a lot of black beans and rice, which was amazing. So happy. Couldn't be more grateful. But that's that's just the way that I was raised. And in the moment, I didn't understand how important that was. But at this point in time, I could not be more grateful because but but the way that we're were raised, let's say you're born in the 90s. A lot of people who listen to this podcast are in their 20s, 30s, 40s. Maybe you're born around the 90s or your parents were raising you with like the South Beach diet and lean cuisines and calories and low fat and all these things. That is how we are programmed to see to see change in our body. That is how we are programmed to define success. Whereas Again, like anything in life, like with this podcast, with the way we eat, things evolve. I, I genuinely believe unless, unless there is 
a specific doctor doctor recommendation. Hey, you need to lose a certain amount of weight before we can let you on to X, Y, and Z uh, type of medication or some type of surgery or whether maybe it's your blood pressure needs to come down. Um, you know, if you drink only coffee and smoke cigarettes and sleep or not, probably not going to sleep and, you know, do cocaine, you will absolutely lose weight. You will absolutely lose weight. <laughs> but, but again, at what cost is the weight loss? Now, now we not understand at this point how to lose weight, which is essentially dehydrating, starving yourself, extreme caloric deficit, uh, not necessarily focusing on the it's more about how many calories can I burn as opposed to, okay, what type of workouts will help me stay structurally strong and what can I eat to actually fuel me? So easier to lose weight, but when you lose weight, you will also be losing muscle. There is a higher tendency for potential effects on your emotional well-being and your psychological states extreme fatigue. So if you're losing weight rapidly, let's say let, maybe you're even doing perfect example. Excuse me. I just burped in the microphone. Hello. Let's say you're doing the prolon fast, which I have done before based on longevity, doing it quarterly. A lot of people have found extreme benefits in so many cultures. Fasting is amazing. I still fast at least 12 to 14 hours per day just because I feel like it's best for my gut. Try and eat an earlier dinner. And then I consume I consume plenty of the calories that I need throughout the day, but like close to 2000 is where I want to be. But sometimes I get there. Sometimes I don't because I'm not tracking it. But anyways, let's say we're talking about prolon. You're doing the prolon fast and yes, you're getting the electrolytes that you need. Yes, you're getting the potential nutrients uh, and vitamins and you're not going to completely be depleted. But after five days, if your goal is to just fit in some fucking wedding dress or bridesmaids dress, I've got a couple weddings coming up that I, I, I think about it. It's, of course, a thought in my mind, but I'm not going to ruin the, resu- the consistency that I have right now just for a quick, a quick dehydration moment. So essentially what you're doing is like reducing all, all sodium, all calories, going to 800 calories per day and you're depleting yourself. Again, I think fasting is beautiful and amazing. I think there are different ways to do it. A lot of times, this is just a, the, this is a, a trend. I did it, and I absolutely lost weight. I could see it in my body, but I also know that as soon as I got back to my regular eating schedule, which was still healthy, I felt like I was blowing up. <laughs> the, the mindset really fucked with me. But Let's say you're losing weight in an unhealthy way. You are losing a lot of water weight. You are lowering your metabolism. Muscle may start to be the first resource your body wants to burn and not hold on to. You might notice more brain fog and you're less sharp throughout the day. There's also an increased risk of injury because when you're reducing the amount of Uh, moisture, protection, cushion in your body, you will be more prone to not adapt to stress put on your body, which can lead to injury. This is so, 
it's so interesting to me, but they are, I don't even know where to start because I feel like there's just so much, but when you're losing, when you're, cha- when you're really challenging yourself, let's say, let's say there's 20 pounds you want to lose, but it's not necessarily about the weight. It's about size and inches and wanting to be more toned, lean, strong, healthy, feeling really good. And I don't mean to associate health with being smaller. I just mean maybe you want to structurally change your body to have more muscle. Muscle is all lean. Hear me hear me, hear me. Muscle is lean. There's not big muscle and soft muscle and small muscle. Muscle is lean and what is around it is bone, cells, water, and structures that will help like fascia to hold it all together. If there is if there's a larger amount of fat around it, that's when people think, oh, well, I'm getting bulky. Maybe it's an overconsumption. Maybe it's also an adjustment period of a few weeks to a few months of getting into these certain uh, weight training habits or workout habits that your body is just adapting. So give yourself some time. I think that we all expect to see results within one to two to three weeks. And I know that if I say that out loud, people are like, oh, well, that's not realistic. We all know that's not realistic, but it's how we all think. It really is. And when, when you know that, okay, here's a little analogy for you. And I know someone's going to be like, oh, well, I had a friend who did this and it's, it, it worked out perfectly. That's fucking great for you. It's not the case always and it's generally not. So hear me out. We've all heard of love bombing, which means you get into a new relationship. You start talking to someone and they are obsessed with each other. Like these two people are in love immediately. They cannot get enough of each other. The sex is amazing. They can't leave each other's side. They are doing everything together. They are planning their entire lives within the first month or two or even three or four of dating. They're, you know, saying all these great things to each other and they're totally obsessed, love bombing. Oh my God, I can't wait to spend the rest of my life with you. How could I, how have I gone my whole life without seeing you? I'm so happy, never been happier. All that. When we all know the couple that rushed into it and then about six months in, some crazy red flags pop up and everything blows up immediately. Or they get married and then they immediately get divorced. Whereas with a slow burn, you know, you get to know each other, there's a, you catch a vibe, you go out to dinner, you get drinks, you start to get to know each other. Eventually you introduce each other to your friends and your family. And then after, you know, six, seven months, you're like, I love you. And I, it's, it's sustainable and I'm not, and it's still passionate, but it's, it's sustainable. That is, that is about the same type of situation that happens with body composition. We want the results immediately. It feels so good in the moment to feel, you know, lean or whatever feeling you get when you're trying to lose a bunch of weight and you don't care how you do it. That is the equivalent to feeling like, oh my gosh, this person loves me. They're obsessed with me. I'm getting all this attention and compliments and they feel great. Nobody wants to talk about the fact that the long game is not sexy. The long game and the sustainable game, it's not sexy. 
Nobody gives a fuck that you are consistently hitting the gym four or five times a week, whatever, seven days a week, however much. Nobody cares that you're waking up at five. You know, you're going to be that person that you're like, oh my God, I'm just obsessed with my life. I'm so happy that I'm focusing on me and I'm doing all these things for my, my body and I've never felt better. Honestly, nobody cares. The healthier and more sustainable it is, the more boring it will be. And I will be the first one to normalize that. It's, it's going to be more boring. It really will. And you'll, your friends will not care in the beginning because you will start to feel and see results within for maybe four weeks or so. And then you'll start to feel stronger and maybe other people may start to notice in 10 to 12 weeks. And then maybe after five or six months, you're buying new clothes. You are changing your life and the, the people around you are inspired to do the same. It takes time, years. And either way, what I want to get at is when you are going for weight loss, there are potential pitfalls that come with willy-nilly losing weight just to have a number lower on the scale. Lowered metabolism, say you're working out so much, you're doing two-a-days because you're, you're trying to fit into the stress or you're doing a long fast. Metabolism can really get fucked up. Meaning that when you are finished with your binge of intense workouts constantly and under eating, your body won't be able to keep up and that will lead to potential hormone issues, cortisol raised, uh, typically lower belly fat for women. That's been the case for me in the past. Uh, and then fatigue, you might feel like your skin is dull or your, your hair is thinning or your nails aren't as strong, or you have zero sex drive at all, or maybe your period is irregular. There are going to be a lot of issues that come with that. Whereas if you do decide to sustainably slow, steady process, incorporate more weight training, higher protein, eat, eat at maybe a slight caloric deficit, but still getting your protein and your fats and your carbohydrates, you're, you're fueling yourself properly. Yes, you might lose just a little bit of muscle, but it will be more fat that is being lost as opposed to, let's say you lose 20 pounds, maybe if you're doing that with the proper sustainable way of doing it, you will see that 15 of those pounds were fat, maybe five pounds of that were muscle. Again, these are general numbers, but if you lose 20 pounds and you don't give a shit how you do it and you're just kind of eating you know, a thousand calories a day and you're doing two a days and you're doing hot yoga and you're doing everything you can to sweat, I guarantee you will feel soft. You will not feel stronger and your metabolism can be torched and likely there will be a majority muscle loss as opposed to just fat loss. There will be fat loss, but it will be mostly muscle because muscle is heavier than fat. Fat is lighter than muscle if you, you picture five pounds of muscle, picture a steak in your hand. You picture five pounds of fat, picture in a whole pillow in your hand. They, they, are, they, can, they take up different space. If that's not clear enough, I don't, I don't know what it is. <laughs> oh my God, half an hour has gone by. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. Either way, I hope that this has been somewhat helpful in, in, conceptualizing and also normalizing that it's going to take time. The progress and the strategic body composition change is boring, but that means, I'm telling you, if you stay consistent, 
It might be boring to everyone else, but it will not be boring to you because you will get more interested in it. You will feel more excited to keep accomplishing your goals. You're working out in the morning. It's setting up your day for motivation and clarity and positivity and in a way that in a way that other people other people's validation cannot. It's it is a better feeling than when you're first talking to someone new. You get that awesome morning text and you are so hyped that they're texting you and you're like, oh my God, this day is untouchable. But if you go to the gym and you get your workout in and you you really do conquer yourself first, nobody can touch you. And that is how you create more security within yourself. You create that personal mastery. You create that muscle to mind, to motivation, connection. Oh, buddy. I am so excited because, <clears throat> so it's Wednesday. It's Wednesday the 12th. And also, of course, y'all are not going to be surprised to hear that I'm in a different space this week than I was last week and a different space this week than I will be next week when I'm in Houston. So tomorrow I'm going to California. I am so pumped. I've got a, I've got tickets with a friend in San Diego to go to a John Mayer concert. We're going to a John Mayer acoustic solo tour. And I, this is just, this is the time in my life when I can do it. I know I said like, bummer, I don't have kids. Eventually I will, but right now I don't. And this is the time to just get out there and see the country and do what I can do to have some fun before I really lock it in. And then I move the next week to Charlotte, which I'm pumped about. But what I'm also really pumped about is the fact that honestly, okay, a lot of people who listen to this are also working out a ton. They are working out a ton. And what happens when we work out? We sweat. And what happens to our hair when we sweat? It gets fucking dirty and it's disgusting. And we like, what do we do with our hair after we work out? It's so frustrating. That's been one of my pitfalls. I feel like I just slick it back. And I'm not someone that looks that great with slick back hair. I look like a, I literally look like a dildo. I am the little, I just look like a pipsqueak, like a pinhead doink with my hair pinned back, but there's really not much I can do because my hair just looks greasy and it's dry on the ends, but it's super nappy and knotted, gnarled and gross. And I don't have time to style it. Not only do I not have time to style it in the gym in the morning, but I'm, I'm not great at it. And I don't quite understand (laughs) how to roll the brush. I don't, whatever it is. So I have all these broken and damaged pieces of hair and it looks like I am going through postpartum hair loss because of these tiny baby hairs in my head. And what I've been doing is going to Modern Salon. Uh, Modern Salon is in Charlotte, North Carolina. I've been going to the one, if you're in Charlotte, this is super pertinent to you if you're looking for a new person to do your hair, whether it's for, I'll go there, you know, once a month and just get a blowout. But what I've been having them do, it's Modern Salon at South Park. That's the one I go to. I go to Eleanor. She's the shit. I just really like her. She, we can talk about weightlifting. We can talk about dudes. We can talk about hair, whatever it is, life. It's just easy, good people. And it's like a very chic salon. And I needed a new one moving to Charlotte. And she gave me this heat protectant spray for my hair. She said, Liza, if you are going to be working out and and locking your hair back or wearing a baseball cap when you work out, you need to be protecting your hair when you're drying it. And I was like, lady, what do you mean? Like, I don't, I don't know how to use a bunch of these products. She said, spray this in your hair when it's 
when it's air drying, so not when it's super wet, but when it's slightly damp, but enough to be absorbed before you blow dry or before you straighten it or before you use your Revlon curler or your Dyson hair wrap, but it's called an icon welder. I am obsessed with it. It's by EVO and they sell it at Modern Salon in South Park and Charlotte, but they did give me a code because I've just been so obsessed with working with them. But the code is HTH if you want to get 15% off your first service. So what I do is if I have a seminar, which is Tuesday through Thursday, I don't want to mess with anything. I want to be in the zone. So I usually go on Monday and get a blowout, which is, I think, I don't know, 40, 45 bucks. So worth it to not have to deal with it for the whole week, but happy to set you guys up with this coupon. Again, it is Modern Salon. If you're in Charlotte, take a look. I'm obsessed with these people. Ask for Eleanor. She's so sweet. Um, or ask for anyone. They're all amazing, but Eleanor is my girl. Uh, use the code HTH, how do I know? HTH to get 15% off your first service. And again, I've been using the EVO Icon Welder. It's the heat protection spray. And I also just really like the branding. I, ho- I hope it's doing something. I'm kind of waiting. I've only used it a handful of times, but it smells really nice. And it makes me, f- it, it's one of those products that makes you feel like you know what the fuck you're doing with your hair. Do you see what I mean? I hope that this episode has been helpful and I am so excited to talk to you all next week and give you all the details about California and all the wellness, all the trends and all the beautiful people, but have an amazing rest of your week and I will talk to you next Thursday.